Hey, welcome everybody to another broadcast of the Christian Cornerstone Broadcast, brought to you by yours truly. Uh, this is the we're wrapping this up, uh, wrapping this series up, the identity in Christ. Um, you know, I, I, this was an older one that I've done in the past. I needed to archive, and I was hoping to, you know, kind of get you guys to really understand what the difference is between somebody, you know, according to God's standards, uh, who is wicked in the eyes of God, as well as who is righteous uh, in the eyes of God. Now, on top of that, I also want to let you all know, uh, being that this is the last episode, starting next week, I'm really excited about this. Next week, we're going to be beginning, uh, be, be beginning a new series. In fact, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge of mine. I've never really done something like this, um, and I can't really say I am scholarly material, uh, if pronouncing that right, scholarly material, yes, um, to do such thing. And so, that, so what this is going to be is this is going to be an ongoing study on my part. Uh, as well as a study to share uh, and help you guys to understand. But starting next week, we're going to be getting into the book of Romans. Uh, as I've shared with you guys all in the past is what I have done. Um, you know, since uh, leaving my previous church, um, actually, uh, I checked, I'm checking out a new church right now. But the previous church that I was at, since leaving that church, I've been studying under a gentleman named John MacArthur. Uh, and he's through Grace to You Ministries, uh, gty.org. I would strongly encourage you guys to check that out. Um, now, I've been studying through him, and one of the most beautiful ways, I, I honestly think this is probably a personally, this is personally required, um, I think, that we should uh, minister this way. Um, he does a verse-by-verse -verse expository. In other words, he selects a pat how he does it, I don't know, but selects a passage or a book and goes over that and literally goes verse-by-verse-by-verse-by-verse by verse by verse in his sermons, and I absolutely love it. Um, and I wanted to take that challenge because I've learned so much about the Word of God um, You know, in this past eight, nine months since I've uh, been listening to his sermons. Um, I wanted to take that challenge upon myself to progress, and one of the things I've been struggling with is where do we start? So we're going to start in the Book of Romans. Um, you know, that's something that has been calling to me, that's been sticking out. So we're going to get into that uh, starting next week, and I do not know how long this series is going to go. We're going to be going through the entire book of Romans. Now, um, these uh, I got four announcements here. A couple announcements I want to let you all know. Um, uh, we already shared about this new series coming up. Um, you know, if you'd like to get some further insight as far as what's coming up and even financial insight, um, you can do so by going to uh, ChristianCornerstone.org and becoming a financial supporter of this ministry. By doing such, you'll be uh, granted access to a bi currently bi-monthly newsletter. Uh, of this ministry, and we'll give you some some details as far as what's going on, uh, some inside scoops with the uh, the team, uh, financial status, what our goals are, what we're currently doing, uh, upcoming broadcasts, and a bunch more stuff to come down the road. So if you uh, if you do enjoy these broadcasts and you you enjoy listening to them, I want to strongly encourage you guys to become a financial subscriber. As little as five dollars per month will help this ministry. Will help support it. Um, and uh, you know it'll also help with this uh, growth. And I also want to mention uh, five minutes with Leonard Crawford. Uh, he's uh, I've been listening to his broadcast. There are only about five minutes. They're beautiful work. I want to strongly encourage you guys to check his out. Um, he'll be joining us again next week uh, for another broadcast. Uh, and, a, and a very important ministry that I that's uh, you know really been placed on my heart is one of the first gentlemen that I've uh, I've I've talked to, and he's reached out to me. Uh, Pillars of Africa. This is a gentleman in Africa who has a ministry there. He's a pastor of, a, I believe it's a church. Uh, he's, a, he's a pastor of a ministry out there. 
uh, and he's got some financial struggles. Uh, you know, I'm working on getting him a laptop, um, providing financial needs uh, the best that possibly can. Uh, so if you if if you do feel that you know that'd be something that you would be willing to help out with, I want to strongly encourage you to check that out. You can do so by going to our support page, um, and you know going to the you know who we support. Uh, and checking out the Pillars of Africa. If you'd like to uh, contribute directly, if you'd like it to be an ongoing contribution, um, you can help with that as well by simply subscribing to ChristianCornerstone.org as a financial partner and a share of our income we will be giving to, or we do give to Pillars of Africa uh, every week. So uh, with that being said, the last bit here that I have is a logo. I'm currently working on a first version of a logo for this ministry in which I'm hoping to get done probably in, if I'm satisfied with the design. Um, I'm hoping to publish that tonight. It'll be Sunday, January 27th of 2018 is when we're going to try to get that out to you guys. Uh, now in this one here, this last episode we have, we are going over um, answering the call. You know, what? how do you know God is calling you into something? How do you know that you're supposed to do this? How do you know that this is your purpose in, in the divine life of, of, a, of a rebirth? Uh, and so this is what we're going to go over with. And in the church service I was at today, um, you know, the, 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 past, the pastor used a specific uh, verse, you know, in Acts chapter 4 to wrap, actually wrapping up his series that he was finishing up. Uh, and it stood out to me, and this is something that we need to recognize, is we're not always going to be qualified. There's just, I think it's kind of cliche, but it's absolutely true that God does not call the qualified, but rather he qualifies the called. Uh, and that's how he does it. You know, he's not he's not expecting you to be a scholar or a professional in whatever it is that you're being called to. He's just asking you to get started, and he'll supply the needs. He'll supply the material and the means to get going. And the verse that stands out to me here is uh, Acts, which I guess you could probably consider this one or supporting passages. I've got a couple here, and we're going to share. Um, but the supporting passage here is in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Now, when they saw the boldness of, of Peter and John... It's referring to the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Um, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and that they were common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, there's more to this that we can explain. We can get this idea that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, go to seminary to be a pastor, which is true. I will agree with that. Um, we, we see this being biblical, but at the same time, it is very helpful. Uh, and that's what I'm personally going with. But my point here that I want to share with, uh, the reason I share that verse is just because you do not have the educational status or the historical experience, I think that's where I'm going with, um, to do a specific calling. Um, and for me personally, that would be evangelism or pastoral uh, sermons, leadership, however you want to go with my you know title that would be given right now. Um, it doesn't. It shouldn't hinder you. In fact, uh, I tried to hide that myself for so so for a couple of years. I've had so a couple of people, four or five people offhand that stick out to me that said, "Hey, you know, have you ever thought of, uh, hey pops, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we'll be here about probably about thirty minutes to an hour. I'll try and get through this as quick as possible." Um, but uh, for those of you who are watching in uh, and listening to the audio recording, my father just commented, so had to give him a quick shout out. Um, and he totally made me lose my train of thought. Um, okay, so the point is that I was sharing here is that um, 
I have lost all train of thought. Thank you, Father. <laughs> um, the uh, okay, I, I got to think of this. This is going to drive me nuts here. Um, yes, okay. So I had so many people calling me saying, "Have you ever thought about um, being a minister or getting into ministry?" And I was like, you know, at that time, I was like, you know, I don't need this. I, you know, it's not really my calling. Um, <laughs> Pops, I'll get back to you on that in a minute here. Um, so it wasn't necessarily my calling to get involved in uh, ministry. I didn't feel that. I was more into website development instead, and that, that's actually what I'm doing now as a hobby. But I had so many people do this, and I was like, okay, God, I give up. You win. I'll get involved in ministry. And so since then, you know, my, my faith has grown exponentially. I've learned so much, and, and I, I'm truly blessed to have that. Uh, I'm truly thankful to to know my Lord, my God. And, uh, you know, we, we, we think is, you know, I'm not qualified for the job. I, I You know, there, there's somebody else more qualified. But we don't really have that to be an answer. That That's not something we should stick with. Um, you know, God calls anybody. He calls the shepherds. He calls tax collectors. He calls nomads. Um, he calls, you know, these nobodies, essentially, is who he calls to do his work. And we see that all throughout the scriptures. Um, so this one here, answering the call. The biggest question that I want to answer, and I want to try to answer here, is how do you know what your calling is? How do you know what God is calling you to do? And this, these uh, key points here that I want to share, I don't have very many passages um, outside, um, you know, outside of these two. I don't have anything outside of these two that I want to share with you uh, today to close this up. But I really hope it kind of helps give you guys an answer. Now, first off, the biggest question, last week we covered of, of the identity of somebody who is righteous. Uh, in the eyes of God, what is the identity of a righteous person? How can you spot them? So we covered that last week, and now that we've come into righteousness, we need to see. We need to ask ourselves, what can I do to benefit God's kingdom, to give glory to Him? And to answer that question, first, you need to hear hear the voice of Jesus Christ. You need to hear the Spirit talking to you. John chapter ten, verse twenty-five through twenty-eight says, "Jesus answered, I tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me." But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hands. Now, there's two things going on here in which Jesus Christ is himself is, is sharing here. He says, one, you do not believe because you are not my sheep. So there's evidence there that if a person does not believe in Jesus Christ, if they do not seek him out, if they do not serve him, if they do not willingly profess him as Lord, and every single day actively living a righteous lifestyle to the best of their human nature, then that is one bit of evidence that this, these people are not the sheep of Jesus Christ. They are, as we found out a few, uh, two weeks ago, uh, a wicked party. Um, and now the second point here in which he shares is that his sheep, Jesus Christ's sheep, his flock, the followers of him, those who have been made righteous and those who are of God's kingdom, they listen to his voice. And, they, and Jesus knows them and they know him. So here we see that while Jesus recognizes us, we also know the voice of God. And now through experience, I've had God speak to me in many different ways. He speak, spoke to me spoken to me through his word uh, he's spoken to me through prayer and that to me that actually comes the best way I can identify that is a is the the voice that you hear when you're thinking to yourself 
it sounds like that, but it sounds just a little bit different. Like uh, I've, I've noticed it's a faint, you can just kind of tell that there's something different. Uh, and I, I really don't know how to recognize that or how to better illustrate that. Uh, another way he can speak is, as I mentioned, you know, I had five people asking me, he's like, you know, have you ever thought about getting involved in ministry? He can speak through other people, um, you know, a bunch of other ways uh, as well. But, um, you know, these people that are Jesus Christ sheep, these people are the ones who have this eternal life. This is an eternal life that cannot be taken away. And these are the people that, as Jesus says here, they will not perish and nobody will take them away from me. So, in this context, the Jews are asking if he is Christ. Are you who you truly say you are? And he says that, you know, because uh, it's not because that they truly wanted to know him. It's not that they wanted to really be sure who he was, who he said he was. But rather they actually wanted an excuse to, for him to openly confess, yes, I am the Messiah so that they can use that as means to justify them for putting him on trial and stoning him. Because blasphemy uh, was, and you know, essentially claiming to be God, was a serious, serious thing um, that could, it could cause, you, cause the end of your life, cause you to die um, as punishment. Um, you know, it's a serious offense to claim to be any sort of deity. Uh, so they wanted him to openly profess that so that way they could you know, pick up a stone and get started. Um, you know, and essentially to follow through with their own hearts, their own wickedness, is to essentially uh, kill him. Uh, and he says here, I know my sheep. As I said, these are the golden words that where Jesus is declaring, and he knows who truly is his sheep. Um, and which we've, uh, we've already covered here, these sheep, while, uh, others, uh, while others may be deceived by false, pre false uh, preachers, uh, and they may make bold accusations against Christians, Jesus himself is granting his, his flock, as I said, eternal life. So, what we find here is that the sheep and themselves know the voice of Jesus Christ. And one of the things i got to share with you on that is, if you have not heard uh, the voice of God in a particular manner, in any manner, and however he speaks, then I would strongly encourage you to question your salvation, and I would strongly encourage you to repent of those sins that may be plaguing you, and, you know, turn to him. Submit to the Lord. Stop fighting. Stop fighting that war. Because it's a losing war, and you're not going to win. You're not, uh, I mean, you can get your way temporarily, but there's a lot more to that. It's very concerning. But um, anyway, sorry, that's kind of getting off track there. Um, the second point here uh, that we have, the second verse, comes from First Kings uh, chapter 19, verses 11 through 12. Now, what's interesting about this, this is actually a verse that's been adopted and taken out of context um, quite a bit, I think. Um, I can, I personally, at this moment in time, I can only identify one person in my head, sorry, two people in my head that have used this um, without proper understanding. In this passage, the Lord comes to Elijah, which we'll read this in a minute, in as a still, small voice. And we often portray that as being how God talks to us today. That is just one of the many different ways. That is not the only way. That is not the only way you can identify him. Sometimes it is loud. Sometimes it is bold. Sometimes it's a slap in the face. Um, not a physical one, but sometimes it, 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 sometimes it's really something that will be said, heard, seen, whatever it is, and it will knock you down. In this passage, it says, The Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces uh, the rock broke in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. Uh, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after this earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a low whisper, or as some translations would say, a still, small voice. Now this is not to say that God does not speak through fire, or He does not speak through earthquakes and thunderous noises and winds, because He absolutely does, and He can. He actually does it, excuse me, He spoke through fire um, through with Moses, um, and then with Paul, He spoke through thunder. So it's not, and this is this was this is New Testament in which he's speaking in a thunderous sound. In fact, at Jesus Christ's baptism, again, it was a thunderous voice as well. Um, so uh, this passage is is simply showing Elijah. Elijah was trying to look for some sort of you know supernatural, divine way of, of to hear God's voice. But the Lord, he was not in the strong winds. He was not in the powerful earthquake or the hot fire. Uh, and this verse is taken out of context, as I said, to suggest that this is how God speaks, but it's not the only way. The purpose of this passage was really to teach Elijah a lesson here. While he was looking for, a, while he was perceiving God's voice to be to come at him in one way, God was saying, "It's like, bro, I can do more than that." And this was to to let Elijah know that sometimes the Lord quietly does His work, and it's not always flashing lights and loud thunders. But the reason I bring that up is because that is, again, one way that we can identify the voice of God. And as I said, you know, if, if you hear him through prayer, you know, as an audible thing as well, that would most likely be done, uh, you know, as I said, the best way you can describe, the best way I personally would be able to describe it is a, is a conscience thing, as a, um, you know, hearing your voice, but there's a faint difference uh, in that. Uh, and that's how I do it uh, in prayers. You know, I essentially hold some conversations. He's, you know, God, what about this? And he says, no, do this. It's like, okay, well, what if this? Well, do this. It's like, what if this? Or, you know, what do you think about this? And, and he just basically shuts me up every single time. Uh, he says, bro, he basically coming out with, you know, I've got you. Now, every believer has a gift. Every believer is given a gift. Now, I have to, I have to stress this because I'm using this passage. This does not suggest that everybody has some sort of supernatural gift, such as prophesying, uh, healings, speaking in tongues, uh, and all of this sorts. These were specifically gifts that were given and used in the era of the establishment of the Christian church. Uh, tongues are no longer done anymore. They were The tongues were done as an edification of the church, a confirmation, and most if not all, I, mean, I want to say it, most if not all miracles were done as a means for the unbelievers. It's not saying that everybody who sees this that is an unbeliever will come and believe, but it is basically is evidence from God to the unbeliever that God is with them. In fact, that's what miracles are. And you only see most of the miracles were done with Moses and Joshua, Elijah, or the works of Jesus and uh, you know the establishment of the church in Acts. Anywhere else, without the entire New and Old Testament, you do not see any sort of supernatural divine acts taking place. Um, so I wanted to stress that real quick. But the point I share with this, I'm going to get to this here in a minute, the point that I want to share here is that everybody has some sort of purpose. Now in this passage, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 through, or verse 7 through 11, it says here, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, of the common or for the common good for one is uh, for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom 
and another, the utterance of knowledge according to that same spirit. Now, there is a huge difference between knowledge and wisdom. Uh, for example, Solomon himself, you know, he's such a, such a wise man, you know, he was able to discern accurately, and the one that stands out to me is a woman who accidentally killed their child while they were sleeping, you know, tries to take, uh, come before the king and say, this, this is my child, and then you have another woman that says, no, it's mine. And his wisdom here was, okay, well, you both are arguing that this is your child, so let's cut this baby in half, and you can both have a piece of the child. And his purpose for saying that, it might sound dark, but his purpose for that was to not necessarily follow out the act, but to draw out the compassion and the love of the true mother. Because as we find out in that, is that one of the people, the one who was lying, was saying, it's like, yeah, go ahead, you know, let's cut the child in half, that way we both don't have a child. But then the, the actual true mother says, like, no, no, please don't kill this baby. If it pleases you, if, 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 if it need be, give this child to her for the sake of this baby's life. And that's how, that's how Solomon identified, uh, actually I believe it's Saul, I, have, I get those two mixed up uh, every once in a while, but that's how he identified, I believe it's Solomon, identified the true mother is through this act. So he had great wisdom uh, through that. Knowledge, on the other hand, is the understanding, the, the education, I guess is what you want to go with. I don't really have a uh, definition for you right now, but it is more of an understanding of, um, of how to do things. Um, so it says here that uh, you know some utter have the utterance of knowledge according to the Spirit, and some, uh, another, faith in the same Spirit. And this is actually a stronger faith, uh, not necessarily saying because you're a Christian you don't have faith, you know, because this gift wasn't given to you. But this is a more stronger faith, uh, you know, divine, you know, prayer, you know, constant uh, devotion every single day, every single minute. Um, and then here it says, you know, to others there was healing by one spirit, and to another working miracles, another prophecy, and another, another able to distinguish spirits. That one is done still today. I actually know somebody who has a, a divine ability to see spirits. Uh, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to others, the interpretation of tongues. All these empowered by the one spirit who apportions uh, to each, each one individually as he wills. In other words, the, the Spirit of God gives an individual a spiritual divine gift as he sees fits. You know, I see this all the time. I saw an article recently saying something that we need to, as believers, we need to pursue the gift of tongues. Uh, and as I said, this is not something that's done anymore. Uh, and there is a purpose behind it, and the purpose was fulfilled. In fact, the only time you see that done uh, throughout the entire New and Old Testament is in the book of Acts. But you can't necessarily pursue these gifts or force it upon yourself. It's either something God has given you or he has not. Uh, but the reason I share this, and you can actually find more as you read the rest of uh, chapter 12, is that each individual has a specific gift. It has a specific calling to the body of Christ. We're not called to simply sit in a pew, go to church on Sunday morning, and get you know have that be our weekly fill. Uh, we are called to get active. We are called to engage. Some people, uh, men specifically, are called to be pastors. Um, you know, there's some people who are, you know, women, uh, which would be, um, you know, support uh, people, I guess is what you want to call it, for other women who have some struggles, um, you know, have more motherly attributes so they can serve in that way. Some people, you know, cook. Some people, some people are simply called to give their financial contributions. Um, you know, we have some evidence of that in Paul's ministry where he simply, where he asks the churches for some money. Uh, Jesus Christ's ministry, his all relied on financial uh, contributions as well. 
Uh, and that's a that's a gift. If God has blessed you with with financial blessings, then use that for His His glory by giving you know your excess money to the church and give it generously because you know what the church can do with it. Um, but these gifts, as I said, they come from the Spirit. Um, many of these are no longer done, um, you know, such as uh, healings, such as speaking in tongues. Um, those are the two that stand out to me. But the purpose of these are, are for the edification of the church, the affirmation that the church is the church of God. That's what they specifically were put. But as he shares off, as he continues to read in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is that you know the, there, there's, there's the hand, you can do one thing with the hand, the arm itself that has another function, the legs, the mouth, the tongue, the eyes, the ears, every single piece of the body, the physical body that we have, he's bringing illustration. This is one body of Jesus Christ. While some person might be a hand, another person might be the voice, another person might be the eyes, the ears, and the legs, and so on. But each person has an important part within the body of Christ, and it's up to us to figure out how or what that is. Now the purpose of sharing this is simple. As I said, is that each of us has a purpose, which we've already shared that. We can read more in chapter 12. But this does not answer the question, how do we know we all have a purpose? Or now that we know we all have a purpose, more importantly is how do we figure out what this calling is? There's a couple key points here that I want to share here. Prophecies. You know, as I said, this is something that's more common back in the day, and this is something that's not done. Um, but the point of this here is that this is what God did. He, he spoke through prophecies. There are some people who were prophets. Um, now, I personally feel that we can use the term prophet, but we need to be very careful with how we use it. We can't call ourselves the prophet as some sort of divine person who can perform these miracles or who can prophesy you know, future events because that's not us. That everything that we need to know regarding that has already been written down in the scriptures. But when I say a prophet, that there are some who are prophets, is because the essential role of a prophet in both New and Old Testament was to hear the Word of God. And as we know, we have a Bible, which is where we can get the Word of God. So to hear the Word of God and to properly interpret it, to properly share it, to preach it to people. Um, so I want to say that we can probably loosely call people prophets today or ministers prophets. So I want you to be careful with how you use that and when you use that. Uh, as I said, this is something that's more common, uh, and since we have a complete revelation of God, there's no much, not much need for this, um, because we have His righteous handbook. Essentially, in some way or another, everybody can prophesy, um, but it is a prophesying what has already been written. But you can hear, you can um, find your calling through that. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us directly. Sometimes, you know, as we see in Scripture, God speaking directly to His prophets, um, you know, and in the New Testament to all believers, uh, as well as some, uh, you know, in some small, still, or gentle voice, uh, as we found out He spoke to uh, through with Elijah, um, and even sometimes, as you said, with Paul and in Jesus Christ's ministry, a loud thunder. So sometimes He does speak to us directly uh, through visions. This one's an interesting one. Um, I, I know a couple people who can uh, testify about this. Uh, and this is one that is still done today. Uh, people do still see visions. I'm not saying, you know, visions of the future, but visions of what God, of the message that he's trying to relay to us. Um, and it, this message in these visions is all something that's done through what has already been written in the Word of God. 
So there's another way. Another person, he can speak through another person. As I mentioned to you uh, when I was called into ministry, this is how God spoke to me. There was about four or five people who, who uh, suggested that, and in which they said, have you ever thought about going into ministry? And every single time I gave up, I was like, no, that's not me. And then a time came in which I was like, okay, God, you know what? You win. I'll get involved. I'll do this. So he speaks through it through that. He'll sometimes speak one message uh, through one message, one, two, or three people. Um, and you can usually tell when it's something that's on repeat. In fact, that's what it was uh, for me. You know, he, he, he essentially speaks to you until you get the hint. Um, so when that happens... He's going to continue to ask, you know, for an example, in my case, it was, have you ever thought about going into ministry? Have you ever thought about being a pastor? Have you ever thought about being a preacher? Have you ever thought about going to seminary? Stuff like that. And, you know, finally I was like, okay, God, you know, you win. I'll do it. And since I've decided, since I've said yes, that very moment I said yes, I have not heard one person ask me, have you ever thought about going into ministry or any sort of variation of that? So I thought that was really awesome. So he can speak through other people. And I want you to ask yourself right now as you're listening to this broadcast, is there something that you have heard yesterday, today, last week that simply comes standing out in your mind? Because it's going to be bold. Uh, it's going to be something that will stand out and it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll get the feeling that there's some sort of nudge there. I want to ask you this. Is, is there something that you feel you're being called to do? whether it be serving or simply fulfilling some sort of action for God's glory. Um, that's one way in which you can recognize that. And another way is, the most important way, is through His written Word. The Holy Bible, from Genesis to Revelations, is God's written Word. Um, and how we, the short version is, is, is how it was put together, while it might have been written by man, it was given by God. Essentially what was going on here, and I share this a lot, is God was saying, hey, I have a message I want you to deliver to my people. I want you to write this down. And so that's what we have. We have the Bible here. These people were writing what, they, what God was essentially telling them to write down. So everything from Genesis to Revelation is important in its proper context. Um, you know, that is one of the ways uh, in which he speaks to us. And it is very important that we know his word because we know in, uh, I believe it's 2 Corinthians, is that even Satan himself is capable of manipulating the scriptures and he is capable of masquerading around as an angel of the light. He is capable of looking like a good preacher. We have him working through men like Joel Osteen, Andy Stanley, Stephen Furtick, uh, a gentleman I, I hugely despise, uh, Stephen, not Stephen, uh, Peter Popoff. Uh, I don't know, I think he's in Georgia or somewhere around there. But these are some names in which Satan himself um, does masquerade as around as an angel of the light, manipulating the word of God for his gain. You know, the best way to keep uh, the best way to keep somebody away from the truth is to twist the truth. For an example, he says uh, to Eve, Satan says to Eve, did God really say? Get them to question the word of God. That's not necessarily what it means. And, and you know, from there, she, Eve, listened to the serpent rather than going back to God and saying, well, what did you really mean? So when we find something, when something stands out, for an example, one of the biggest things that we have today is, you know, well, you're not supposed to judge others. That's not necessarily true. The Christian is actually affirmed to judge, but how we judge is the important part there. So the question is, you know, to ask is like, well, are we really supposed to judge others because this person's judging me and, you know, I see these pe preachers doing this and, you know, the, the answer is yes. But how do you know that? you got to dig into the scriptures to find everything related to a judgment. Um, 
and how to judge. And you find you can actually find that in John chapter, I think, 6 or 7, uh, as well as Matthew chapter 7, and then evidence of that in Paul's teachings and all throughout the Old and New Testament as some sort of judgment being done. That's just an example there. Dig into the scriptures. When you have a question, find it in the Bible. Don't go to somebody else. They might be able to help you, but number one, your first source should be the Word of God. That's how you can find out what your calling is, is by seeking that. Find out what he's trying to tell you in there. Uh, now we're actually wrapping up this, and I'm like, wow, going really quick here, 30-minute broadcast. That's a world record. Um, so what do we do when we really don't know our calling? What do we do when we question this? When, you know, you could be good, for example, you could be good with, uh, you know, building websites. You could be good at talking. Uh, you, you could be good at, good at teaching. Um, you could be good with children. What if you ha have all these abilities, these, 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 these strengths, but you don't know where or you don't know how to use them. You don't know what your calling is. Um, for me, I took advantage of the ministry. Um, you know, I, I preaching the word of God of what I know that is a, a, such a huge blessing and a passion of mine, as you all know. Uh, and I took advantage of that. I had skills with a computer. I have a camera. I have a microphone. And you know, since then, I've gotten a few other pieces of equipment. Um, but I started there. I started with what I knew. I started. I, I knew how to build a website. I knew how to work around uh, websites in general. I knew how to work, uh, hook stuff up. So I did that, and this is where I'm at today. Um, and I can't really tell you because I don't have that experience. I, you know, as far as nursery and as I said, you know, healings, uh, medical fields, uh, a bunch of stuff like that. You know, find. You know, what the answer essentially is. What are you drawn to? Most of all, out of all your abilities, you can speak. Awesome. You can teach. Awesome. You are good with computers. Awesome. You are, you are good with kids. Awesome. You are good with medicine. Awesome. But the biggest question of how you can narrow that down is what are you drawn to? When it comes to serving God, out of all these gifts that you may have, what is your biggest strength that you find mo the most joy in? I think that's probably how you can identify that. You know, we each of us have natural or naturally gifted. You know, some of us in art, some of us in computers, and so on, as I said. Um, but we need to figure out where that is. Now, as I said, we've already said, you know, some ways in which how you can identify God is speaking to you through prophecies, which is no longer done anymore, directly, dreams and visions, other people, and even his word. But the question here is, how do you decide what you can do? Out of all of this, we already said we can read his word. A big one is to pray. And one of the things I have done was to practice what you think might be your calling. Uh, and then from there, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll be like, okay, do I, have, do I enjoy this? Do I have fun doing this for, for, for the, God, the glory of God? Or is this just you know, kind of something I'm doing? If you're not getting much joy out of it, if you're not getting any joy out of it for what you're doing for God's glory, it's probably not even your calling. You might have a skill in it, but it's no fun. So it's, it's possible that that's not where God wants you to be. Another thing is, is don't be afraid of people's opinions. Uh, people, everybody, um, within the body of Christ, I wouldn't want to stress that, um, within the body of Christ, and even the secular people, the non-believers, can give good advice. But we need to properly discern the advice from good biblical doctrine. Um, does their advice line up with the scriptures, uh, you know, as far as the, the righteous life God calls us to be? And don't be afraid of other people's opinions. You know, for an example, if, um, you know, myself, I'm, I'm just now working on um, getting my associate's degree in divinity. 
um, you know, beforehand, as of a year ago, I, I didn't have any sort of ministry education. Um, and, you know, some people, I haven't had anybody yet, but some people could argue, it's like, well, you don't have the education, you're not qualified. That doesn't matter. As I mentioned in the beginning of this sermon, or the beginning of this series here, was Peter and John. They were, unco they were uncommon people. Um, they were uneducated people, yet they were the, probably the most qualified in ministry of God. So we have that. Don't be afraid of other people's opinions, but rather use that as your motives, as your drive. And if somebody says, you can't do it, you tell them, watch me. Um, number five here, spend time with him. Spend time with God and seek him daily. As I said, that's an important part of how we can identify ourselves. Am I of God's kingdom? The people who are of God's kingdom have tasted his glory and they chase after it. Every single day they'll spend time with him. Get yourself some alone time with God. That is probably a, requ that is a requirement, I would say. A high priority without any distractions. Turn your phone off, uh, turn your computers off, turn everything off, lock the door, and just spend time alone with God. And, you know, in prayer and in his word. And, you know, just listening to what he has to say. Yeah, the biggest one here is uh, is that we really must, this is a wrap-up here, we must have faith like a child. Now we find this in Matthew 18, verse 3, that unless we become like children, we have no hopes of entering the kingdom of God. Now, there's, there's a level of humility that that passage is teaching, but ultimately what is going on there is that we need to be like children, and a child themselves relies on the parents. They say, Mom, Dad... I need help with my math. I need you to help me build this. I need I need you to help me cook dinner. I need you to cook dinner for me. You know, I'm cold. You know, can we get me a new jacket, new shoes, whatever it is that you can think of. It is the parent's responsibility to, to provide and the child's responsibility as a child to rely fully on the parent. And that's how we need to come with Jesus Christ. That's how we need to come to the Father. We need to come to Him as such a deprived child that we cannot do any of this alone. We can't, we can't minister His Word without Him. We can't teach. Um, we can't nurse people properly without Him. We can't give godly advice without Him. We can't simply live properly without Him. And we need to recognize that. And once we recognize that, we will be closer to God and to His will for us. But that is essentially all I really had for you all today. As I said, we're wrapping this up with a 38, 40-minute broadcast. That is awesome. Um, for those of you who are chiming in on YouTube, Facebook, and who are listening into the audio recording, which will be uploaded here in a moment, um, you know, if you enjoy these broadcasts, please do consider becoming a financial subscriber. Uh, as I said, you can do so on Facebook and I think YouTube. We got those links on there um, in the description of these videos. Uh, you can go to our Patreon page. Uh, and support us there. If, you know, minimum of five dollars per month will help this ministry. Will help cover the existing and uh, cost to or for this growth of this ministry, as well as help provide resources. And as we said at the beginning of this video, help us to support some uh, additional ministries in which we are partnering with right now. Um, on top of that, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our Facebook page, uh, and follow us like crazy. Uh, share this stuff with us, you know, help get this word out, questions, comments, whatever it is that you guys might have. Feel free to put them in the comments. Feel free to email. Feel free to text if you have the personal number there. Uh, I'd be more than happy to discuss this with you. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you all may have. With that being said, you guys have yourself a very wonderful weekend, and God bless.